Hey friends, we were never promised that life would be easy. Sometimes it is hard and super crazy, but when we do life together, we find that it becomes a lot easier and much more fun. I believe in joyful life, in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. I love to dig deep and talk about the really raw things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I'm also passionate about sharing practical tips that have helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. We will laugh together and struggle together. You will hear honest insights on strengthening your faith and your marriage, parenthood, how to's, and so much more so that you can live life and live it with joy. I am Lindsay Maestas. Welcome to the Living Easy Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Living Easy Podcast. This is the first podcast that I have ever recorded while also doing video. So I am recording this for YouTube, hoping that it works, <laughs> that I'm doing everything right. So I guess we will see. I'm adjusting my mic. But yeah, I'm going to put it on my YouTube channel. I have like my cranberry recipe on my YouTube channel and that's pretty much all. But I just felt like it was another way to get people who can see it and it can be maybe more relatable. I don't know if I'll do this for all of them, but I'm excited. And so if you want to check out my YouTube channel, I will put the link in my show notes and I'll also add it into the link in my bio on Instagram so that you can watch the video if you want to while you're getting ready or whatever, whatever you're doing. But today I wanted to talk about creating a memorable childhood for your children. This is an epiphany that I had recently that my children's childhood, my boys, Sutton and Saxon, their childhood does not have to be the same as my childhood. And there are things that I want to pull from my childhood into their childhood, but it doesn't always have to look that way. And it was really a freeing realization for me when I considered the fact that I can make it what I want to make it. But then as I started really thinking it through, I also realized I have to put in the work in order for it to be what I dream for them to have. Now, I want to be clear that I don't want to project my desires for my childhood or something that maybe I wanted to do differently or have differently onto them. I don't want to live vicariously through them and then put pressures on them. I want them to just truly enjoy it and do things that are fun and exciting and things maybe that I would have loved to do. And I also want to reintroduce myself to some things as well and not be afraid just because I'm 30 now, which is so bizarre. But just because I'm 30, that I can't try new things with them and do new things. And so I have this whole vision of this life that I want for them. But what I've realized is that we cannot allow their childhood to just happen. We can't allow life to just happen because it totally will. It will just keep going because life is busy and chaotic and we plan things and whatever it might be, we have to happen to life, if you will. We have to put thought into what we do. We have to put intentionality into what we do. And as Christians, we're called to do all things with excellence, and that includes parenthood, right? So if we are aware of the kind of life that we want our children to have, then we can put into action those steps that we need to take in order to make that happen. 
So I guess I would say if you want to pause the podcast, pause the video, whatever, and take a second to write down or to think about what type of experiences do you want your children to have? Um, For me, I want my boys to be outdoors. I have done a lot of research and study, probably too much, and the impact that the outdoors has on children is massive and it's irreplaceable. Screens are great when, for me, (laughs) I'm like when they teach and when they do positive things, but also my son loves video games and I'm learning to kind of loosen the reins a little bit because that's something that he and his dad bond over and something that brings him true joy. And I don't want to take that from him because of my fear. I just need to balance the rest of his life so that I don't have this like conviction or guilt when he's playing video games. So with that said, take a second and consider what kind of life you want for your kids. Mine is outdoors. Mine is experiential. I want them to be really hands-on with different things. And so for me, that's going to take shape in a lot of different ways. And one that I can just strategically plan right now is a summer camp. And there's a summer camp near me that um, they do a lot of outdoor stuff. So they do gardening, they do Lego camp, they do swimming, they do all kinds of different things that you can incorporate into their life. And that's something that I really want him to do. And so it's an investment, a bigger investment than I had hoped it would be, but it's an investment that I want to make for the sake of his childhood, which means we sacrifice and cut corners elsewhere. So That's one thing that I want to just really encourage you to do is if you want to create a memorable childhood, you have to take the step to determine what that's going to look like, and then you have to take steps to make it happen. But with that said, you'll never do everything perfectly. It's never going to happen, friends. And so you have to remember that God's grace covers all things, and that includes your imperfect parenting. And when we point our children to Jesus again and again, when we open that Bible with our kids and have that time in the word, when we pray with them and talk about those hard things, the hard questions or the difficult relationships, and we're not afraid to address those at home, but we're actually overly intentional and that's what we do and who we are and that's just how we live our life rather than just being Sunday Christians or not even Sunday Christians. You turn on a TV screen and play church from there, but you're not actually a part of the church, strongly encourage you to get a part of a church because it's so much, it's about so much more than consuming. It's about giving and serving and allowing your children to see that. But with that said, when we live it out every single day, when it's part of our conversation, when Jesus is a part of our conversation, when the Bible is a part of our conversation, our children realize mom and dad are going to screw up. They're going to make some big mistakes because they're sinners just like me but they're trying their best. And then when we are doing all things to the glory of God, like we are called to, then we can trust that he's going to cover the rest with grace and that we can come to our children and say, you know what? I wish I would have done this differently when you were a kid. I'm never going to get it perfectly, but I want to do the best that I can with the time that I have and the gift that has been given to me and these children and take that very seriously. So I just want to share a few practical ways that we can do that with our kids. So first, pay attention to what they love and get involved. Kids from a young age tend to really find what they love. Some kids take some time to grow into that, I guess I would say, but a lot of kids have their thing. Like, you know what they love. Saxon, from the age of one, we knew he loved 
music. He just loves to dance and sing and Sutton couldn't be for his poor dance moves, you guys. Oh my gosh. He gets them from me. His, both of his parents have no skill when it comes to dancing or singing. It's horrendous. But we want to invest in that because he loves it. And so as a really young kid, we just started putting on our Alexa and jamming out and having dance parties, no matter how ridiculous we look and allowing him to sing along and doing sing-along songs and buying books that have songs where we can sing and just pushing that into his life because we know that he loves it. And if he turns from it and it's not something he's interested in as he gets older, that's fine. But we nurtured that thing that he loves. Sutton, like I said, loves video games. He loves video games. And I've created balance and structure. For us, he's allowed to play video games on Saturdays for a little while after he's gone outside and read some books and done things with us. Like we tend to on Saturdays do like a family day, but I'm allowing it more. I'm saying, okay, you love it do it, but I'm also getting involved in it. I don't want him to just do it on his own. I want it to be something that bonds us. And so sometimes on like family nights, we'll have Mario Kart nights or when Saxon's sleeping, Sutton and I will play Mario Party together. And it's like really active and stuff, which I like because it's not just this sedentary hobby. But find out what they like because kids label their childhood as happy or sad based on the most intense experiences that they've had, especially in their early years and as teenagers. And so we want to foster those intensely happy moments and be a part of those intensely happy moments and not maybe allow them to do it totally on their own. There's a place for independence for sure. But I want to be a part of my kids' memories. I want them to remember that dad and mom were engaged and involved. And that goes on to my next point, which is to be present, to be messy, and to be silly. So I let my boys play in the mud. This is just an example that I have. I let them play in the mud and we have so much fun in the mud and I don't like get in it. It's not my thing, but Saxon loves it. Sutton doesn't love it so much, but I really try to foster that. And whenever I post this type of thing on social media or when we're doing activities in the kitchen with finger paints or I don't know, dough, whatever, I get a lot of message of like, I can't do that. I can't allow it. And I get it because I don't like getting dirty. I don't like getting in the thick of it with them as often, but I'm there and I allow it. And you'll even see there's an Instagram page I follow and I recently did an interview with Megan McNamee from Feeding Littles. And she talks a lot about just even from a very young age, allowing your kids to get messy and dirty and to have those sensory experiences is so crucial to their growth and to their eating and their comfort with food. And I just believe that there's so much to be said for that with, I mean, I know I've researched that there's so much to be said for having those sensory experiences. And so mamas, dads, if this is something you're not fully comfortable with, I want to challenge you to step outside of your comfort zone because when we allow them to get messy, to experience these things on their own, one, they're having fun. They're experiencing childhood. Food fights maybe can happen like outside very rarely <laughs> so that they know this isn't like a normal okay thing. But when you have a food fight outside, how cool is that? Like those are the memories that you're building. And so being present, I, having that eye-to-eye -eye contact means putting your phone down, which again, if you've not listened to my Six Ways Your Phone Changes You episode, scroll down on my episodes and take a listen because 
it's one of my favorite episodes and it's one of your guys' favorite episodes because it's so important. It's so crucial. And I really have to do kind of an analysis at the end of each day and say, was I present with my kids? Did my kids see my eyes more than my phone did? Because if not, then something really needs to shift and change. And also just being silly. Like I know it's not the best thing or the most fun thing to get on the floor and play superheroes with your kids all day or to play tea party seven times a day, especially when there's other things to do. But those are the things they remember. And I see that so much with my son Sutton because whenever he asks like for an adult to come over, it's always the adults who get on the floor with him and play. And he says that. He says, I love so-and-so because they play with me for so long. They play with me on the floor. And they play with me outside. And they, those are the memories they're building. And we have to remember that even at a young age, yes, they may not remember all of this, but their minds are growing at such an incredibly rapid rate and their brains are functioning so quickly and they're just soaking in all of these things around them that yes, they may not have the memory of this, but you are ingraining something in their mind that one, mommy or daddy is present. Two, mommy or daddy loves you because we're taking time away to be intentional with you. And three, mommy and daddy want good for you and fun. I want fun for my kids. I don't want them to grow up too quickly and allowing them to be silly, allowing them to be messy rather than forcing them to be adults when it's not time for them to be an adult is crucial. So get present, get messy, and get silly. Next, get outdoors. My sweetest memories growing up are at the lake. My mom used to take us to the lake with all of our cousins, and my uncle had a houseboat. Um, We had like an RV at a park, did a camp, and we went like every single weekend, and we loved it so much during the summer. And I just had that time with my cousins and with my mom, and we would go down the slides, and we would go on the water tubes and skiing. And I learned so much during that time. I learned a lot of independence during that time because we'd walk up to this place called the dam site and we'd get nachos and food on our own, even at like a younger age. And it's just when I think of childhood, that's what I go back to. And I want to create that for my children. And so you don't always have to go out and go somewhere, but get outdoors because not only does that allow their mind to function in such a different way because picking up sticks and digging through dirt not only is just like fun and exciting for them, but it's really engaging. It allows them to get in touch with nature. I use it as an opportunity to teach about creation and what God intended of his creation. And we also have a lot of conversations during that time about just normal life stuff that's really important. So think about what your sweetest memories are and maybe recreate them or think about things that you wish that you would have had the chance to do outside. Like I want to teach my boys to snowboard young and we do thankfully live next to a mountain and so I want to take them. However, is it convenient? Absolutely not. We have to either rent or buy all of their snowboard stuff, take them up. It's going to be cold. They're probably going to get a little bit frustrated. I mean, it's not going to be easy. But nothing good in life ever comes easy. And so we have to sacrifice our own comfort, which tends to be an idol. We place that above God. We place that above people in our family. We place comfort as an ultimate. And it shouldn't be because we sacrifice so much when we allow our comfort to dictate our decisions. Next is a gratitude journal and a bedtime talk. So our children are very, as I said, very driven by positive experience and negative experience. Sometimes there isn't a lot of in between. 
So Sutton, I've noticed, is really black and white when it comes to his feelings. Like, I had a bad day because this one thing happened. So we're trying to help restructure his mind, one, to just remember childhood as a sweet thing, and that one bad day or one bad instance doesn't have to mean a bad week, a bad month, a bad childhood, ultimately. And so we do a lot of questions about what was the best part of your day? We do sunny day and cloudy day. That's just what we call it. But what is the sunny part of your day and what's the cloudy part of your day? And he's able to communicate. And when he talks about the sunny part, we encourage it like, oh, that's so awesome. How can we make that even better tomorrow? Or, And then the cloudy part of his day, we talk a lot about, okay, how can we learn from this? What is God trying to teach you in this? And say somebody was mean to him at school. Okay. We use it as an opportunity to talk about kindness. We use it as an opportunity to talk about forgiveness and compassion. And those moments are so sweet. And we, this kind of ties into my next point, but we do that at the dinner table. And the dinner table is so, so important, you guys. Having a family meal together and really engaging in one another, asking questions. And it's actually funny and like one of my new favorite things, I should record it. But when I ask Sutton, Hey, Sat, what was your sunny part of today? He'll say, hey, mom, thanks for asking. And I'm like, oh, you're so welcome. (laughs) It's so cute. But he's like so excited that I cared enough. And like sometimes he'll even say, thank you for caring. And I'm like, that's just really cool, you know, that he sees that. And so show your kids that you care, engage in them. No phones at the dinner table, you guys. That's like just an off limits place and have real good, solid conversation with one another and ask hard questions, talk about hard things. I talk about my struggles and you know what I'm going through so that the kids can see I'm not perfect. Yes, I'm their mom, but like I've got my whole set of issues and it allows me to point them back to like why I need Jesus because if I didn't have Jesus, you guys, I'd be a hot mess express. So focus on that. And then gratitude journals and bedtime conversations, all of those things like Sutton seems to share the most at night. And so I give myself like a good 30 minutes to be with him at night. We'll read books and discuss the books. And then he'll lay down. I tickle his back and sing him a Bible song. And then I pray for him and he prays for himself a lot of the time or for our family. And then we just have some conversation. And that time's really sweet. It's an engaging time, especially if the day has been really crazy and busy but I know he's going to remember these nights. I know that this is going to be impactful for him. And I know that he can start the next day knowing like his mom and his dad love him. We're there for him. We're present with him. We care about what he cares about. And even if he has a hard day at school, he can come back and talk to us about anything. Next, that's my other point. (laughs) It's all kind of flowing together. I love when God does that. It just flows out in the spirit. It just feels like very spirit-filled. But my next point is to allow them to come to you with anything. We have a very open door policy with communication in my marriage. My kids see that reflected in my marriage. We communicate about everything. We communicate in front of our kids. Um, As long as it's respectful and kind, if we're having a disagreement, we tend to wait until we have a time to talk about that. Like our kids see us disagree, but when it gets heated (laughs) and like hot and just a little bit too much, we say, this can be put on the back burner until we can have a full conversation that isn't heated and it allows us to have that time. We also don't want our kids just to hear us arguing, obviously. And so that's important to us. But we do have an open door communication with our kids. And so Sutton sometimes will come home and say, 
mom, I don't want to tell you this. I don't want to talk about this because I'm scared I'm going to get in trouble. And ultimately I say, Sutton, no matter what you say, no matter what you do, mommy will always love you. You can tell me anything that you need to tell me. We will deal with consequences, but I want to help you through this. And it allows him to see that I guess my love for him is separate from the consequences, but that a lot of time love leads the consequence. And so we talk a lot about how like God disciplines me. God disciplines me and gives me consequences for my sin and my actions and decisions in the same way that I have to do the same for Sutton. I should do a whole podcast episode on this. And so he knows he can come to me, even though, yes, there may be consequences because discipline is important, that ultimately trust is the foundation of our relationships in our home. And when that crumbles, everything crumbles. And I never want my kids to feel like they can't come talk to me about anything. I'm an open door. They're an open door. And when you create that dynamic in your home, it's easier, I think, for them to come to you. Next, creating memories. So I don't know who follows the bucket list family, but they're like, they live my dream life pretty much. I am obsessed with travel. I'm obsessed with adventure and experiences and all kinds of things. And they have like five-year-olds free their son. I think their son. I don't follow them closely. I've just seen some of their stuff, but free diving off of a helicopter into water. I know I'm going to get like comments and messages about that because people who follow them love them. I was introduced to them by some of my friends who are obsessed with them. They just have so many adventures and experiences together. And you don't have all kinds of money to go to Berm. You don't have to have all kinds of money to go to Bermuda or um, I don't know, Hawaii to do these things. There's so many things that you can do together and go on adventures. If that means going hiking, if that means if you do have lakes by you, going to the lake and going camping, um, going hunting, going fishing, just experiences together as a family and allowing the kids to get out of their comfort zone. So that's my point. Traditions, travel, comfort zones, and new experiences. And they all tie together because traditions create consistency. If it's holiday traditions, um, annual traditions, one thing that we've started in our family that I honestly could not be more happy about because it reminds me of my time at the lake is my in-laws. We, with my in-laws and then all of my sisters and brothers-in-law and their kids, we're doing an annual family vacation. So last year we went to Durango and we all just hung out and at a big cabin that we split. And it was actually super affordable since we all split it. We have a very large family. <laughs> and we hung out and they had tons of grass. The kids went like digging for worms. They played. They did like treasure hunts. We stayed inside and played like Scrabble all day long. It's my favorite game. And then we went to the city and just hung out for a while. I mean, it was so relaxing and wonderful and fun. And the kids had a blast. There was a hot tub and they were in that hot tub, like, which I don't know if that's healthy. So don't come at me, you guys. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but they were in it and they loved it and they had so much fun. And Sutton still talks about that, like roasting marshmallows and that, oh my gosh, you guys, it just filled my heart so much. And I, Jesse and I both committed, we're doing this. We have to do this every single year. So even if that means going camping two hours away and not spending a ton of money, but just doing something with the family. So this year we're going to Salt Lake City. Oh, actually, no, it's 45 minutes outside of Salt Lake. We're going to Springville, Utah, and there's this huge house. I'm so stoked, you guys. It has a basketball court inside. They have bouncy houses, like a whole room of bouncy houses. And then they have a pool with a huge slide. They have a play place outside. 
They have a movie theater room. I mean, it's going to be wild and the kids are going to have so much fun with all of their cousins and Sutton's already talking about it. We're just so excited and it's something that we're doing together as a family. And coming from a divorced home, this is something that like, I don't want to get emotional, that weighs really heavy on my heart is to do things as a family, like the four of us. And I even told Jesse, who comes from a family that um, his parents are still married, but I'm like, little things like us going together to pick up Sutton from school is so huge to me. Us going together to get his new clothes for school or new shoes or a new lunchbox. I mean, just little things, the four of us doing it as a family is huge for me. Um, And so also like doing these activities as a family is really huge for me and important because that's something that obviously like I wish that I would have had super thankful for the love and the care that my both of my parents poured into me and making it work and balancing it because I know that wasn't easy and like I have no idea what God has in store in the future for um, my boys or just what life could look like anything can happen you know so I'm cherishing that time now and investing that time now and I definitely have a tendency to lean toward comfort and convenience. And so it's not always easy for me to say, let's pack up our kids and go on a vacation. I am 1000% the one who's like, let's go alone. (laughs) It's so much easier alone. But again, this is where it gets into, we can't let life happen to us. We can't let comfort happen to us. We have to do things together as a family and make it work so that they can have the childhood that we want to create. Oh my gosh, I love this episode already. This is like my heart, you guys. I just love my family. I love my family a lot. And I know you all do too. And so it's like just something that we can relate on, you know, and have those conversations about. So anyway, so creating traditions during the holidays or family traditions or annual traditions and doing those things together when they can be with other kids and things like that. Travel when you can incorporate it, do what you can. Some of the strongest families I know, and again, I don't know if this is the case or if it's just that these families are so intentional, but some of the strongest families I know are the families who take yearly vacations, like annual vacations. I have so many friends whose parents are still married and they have a bunch of kids and each year they go somewhere with their family and they all live in different parts of the United States, but they come together at that time and they talk on the phone all the time, like their family just has that friendship and that bond. And for whatever reason, there's just this like common denominator that they all travel together consistently and they have their whole lives. And so again, it could just be that that's just that intentionality that their parents poured into it. Or it could just be that trips really strengthen families and you're all together (laughs) a lot. And so it takes growth and work and time and investment, but it's sweet. Comfort zones. Get out of your comfort zone, like I talked about with the snowboarding thing, or going to the ocean and like taking risks and allowing things to be a little uncomfortable. For a helicopter mom like me, this is not an easy thing. But I, my sweetest memories were when my parents were like, "All right, try it. You know, let's go for it. Let's do these things." And and also traveling with them. Like I have so many good memories. My mom took me to Arizona when I graduated and we just had like such a great time together shopping and my dad's an international pilot. And so when he flew to England, sometimes he would take me with him. And so we'd go to London and we went to this place called Kent, England, where we saw Leeds Castle. And I will never forget that time. And 
I made friends out there, like met people that I actually still talk to. So those things, again, we don't all have the financial ability to do these things, but when you can do small things here and there or save up for a few years so that you can go do a family trip, it's so worth it, you guys. And then new experiences and new cultures. I am just all about experiencing different things. And so culture, I mean, you can experience different cultures in your own city. You don't have to go out of the country to do that. But a lot of that means serving. And this is something that is on my list for um, this year is serving with my kids. I want to go and go to places where it's relatively safe to take them. Our city is not the safest. So I mean, homeless shelters, I used to serve in homeless shelters all the time before I got married until Jesse felt like it wasn't the safest thing for me. Um, There's a lot of reasons why, but he wanted to do something a little bit different than that. And so we've served in different ways, but I want my kids to be part of that. And so this year I'm going to be really intentional about finding those places where we can serve the city, where we can serve different people, because it's a constant conversation in our home that this life is not about us, that we're called to be God-centered and other-centered. And it's easy to talk about, you know, but the kids don't know it until they see it. And so I want them to see it. And for that to be a real big part of their lives, we can learn about different people and different cultures and even have conversations about handicapped people or people with special needs or mental health. I mean, those types of conversations come from being immersed in different situations that may be out of our comfort zone, but that teach them where their heart should lie. And it is not in selfishness and in our own personal pleasure in life because that's such an empty life to live. And I want my boys to know that. So lastly, I would say surround yourself with community. If you don't have family, um, if you don't have people around, if you don't have help, you don't have babysitters, build a community, friends. You have the power to reach out to people. There are so many opportunities now where you can meet people. One, obviously, is the church. I mean, I have built such solid friendships, thanks to God, opening doors at a church. And what that means is not, I went to church and waited for people to come and talk to me. And then when they didn't come and talk to me, I didn't go back to the church, right? That is not the way to view the church. It's not a consumer culture. I went in and I said, hey, you look cool (laughs) or like someone I would vibe with. Do you want to come with me to coffee? Or do you want to come with me to lunch? Or do you want to come over? Do you and your family want to come to our community group? Or you join a community group? Again, get out of the comfort zone, friends, because if you live in a comfort zone, it's like an isolated life. So do your whatever you have to do to get out. There's like websites called meetup.com or something like that. Somebody I knew did one where they do things like bike riding. If you need to make friends, get on there and go bike riding with this group of people who all have the same interest as you. Involve yourself with community so that your children can see how you're invested, but also so that they can have those relationships with people. Invite moms over for play dates. If you're at a school and you see a mom with a kid that your child likes, hey, do you want to come hang out and have a play date at my house? Put yourself out there. It may be awkward and weird for a while, but probably not because you're just managing your kids the whole time. And then you have a few words here and there that you can share. Just invest yourself in community because as your children grow up, they need those friendships. And my sweetest friendships still to this day are the ones that started when I was really little. And they're the most solid, honestly. And to have that relationship, even if you don't have family, you have the power, friends, to build that. 
You have to choose to not isolate yourself. You have to choose to step outside of your comfort zone and you have to choose to get involved. And in that, your kids will see love. They'll see you opening your doors to your neighbors, to your friends. They'll see you making dinner for people and joining around the dinner table and having good conversations and um, other people who can point them back to Jesus, who may be a huge part of their lives as they grow up that you didn't even expect them to be, is it's monumental. I mean, it's irreplaceable, truly. So um, get involved, get present, get messy, get silly, get involved, open your doors, have dinner, have nighttime conversations, create traditions, travel. You have so many options and you don't have to do all these things at once. I don't want you getting off this podcast and thinking, oh my gosh, Lindsay, (laughs) I'm overwhelmed and now I'm guilt-ridden. The last thing, that's why I started with, you'll never do this perfectly. You'll never get it right. You're not, but do your best. We have so many resources now that can help us to invest in our children, not spoil them rotten. That's why we're going back to the serving and pouring out and loving other people because that is a huge part of this. We don't want to just give, give, give and not allow them to give as well. We pour into them so that our children can pour out. And when we give them a healthy childhood, a joyful childhood, an intentional childhood where we are present and loving parents, we can change lives. I love you guys. And um, I do have a few other episodes that you might enjoy, um, How to Build a Life-Giving Home. That's another one that kind of pours into the same topic. So feel free to check it out at Living Easy Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, if it touched your heart or encouraged you, please take a second and take a screenshot and share it on Instagram or Facebook and tag at Living Easy Podcast. It allows other people to hear what we're talking about. And if you're watching the YouTube video for the first time, I'm so excited. Please share that because this is a new venture. I have like 17 followers on YouTube. So that would be awesome. Um, But I love you guys. Thank you so much as always for listening. I hope that this encouraged you because I feel just like so ready to go. I feel so ready to do this. It was like this new revelation for me just a few weeks ago. And ever since I'm just really inspired and encouraged and I just wanted to bring you guys along for the ride. And so I really hope we can all do this together. Love you guys. If you enjoyed this episode, the best thank you you could ever offer is to share the love. The simple act of taking a quick screenshot of the episode and tagging at Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in this journey. If you're impacted, someone else might be too, so don't hesitate to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. Also, if you haven't already, please do scroll down from this episode to give a star rating and quick review for the podcast. It only takes a minute, but the impact is huge. Thank you all so much for your support. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram at livingeasypodcast and at lindsay.myestis.